Hello, welcome to episode 10 of the Fresh Out the Deli podcast. Uh, I'm Nick Sicali, and today we're going to be talking about the NFL. It's the first time on the podcast that we're talking about football. Uh, it's long overdue, and also long overdue uh, is having my brother Brian on the show. Uh, I think we tried doing a Game of Thrones podcast once over the summer, and it died on uh, Freeman's phone when he was recording it. So, uh... I'm happy to have Brian on the pod this week to talk about football, which uh, he knows a lot about, and he has some pretty hot takes sometimes. So, hey. I'm glad to be here. How's it going? Uh, it's going really well. I just got home from work. Uh, how's, how's Austin been treating you? Yeah, it's been really good so far. Um, the last two weeks or so, I've had a lot of fun, and it's really great that football's back. It gives you an opportunity to go outside and get excited and to go to bars and to see different places and eat different places and it gives you something to do on uh saturday nights for college football and sunday nights for real football so hey papa john's budweiser nights no budweiser <laughs> no they they have really good beer here actually, do they? which is pretty good there's a decent amount of local breweries that me and melissa have been trying um what games did you watch last week out of curiosity uh, what did I watch? I mean, I watched the night games. I don't know if I watched all of it. Like, I watched the Steelers game, obviously, most of it. I watched, um, I mean, I watched the Jets game, and I think in the background I had, I had the Falcons game on, because that's what we get in Tallahassee, which is, uh, it was a bull. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a really <laughs> disappointing game. Usually we're, we're stuck with Jags games, and, uh, Falcons games. At least the Jags are pretty good now, or at least look promising. I, I shut the video off just because it started skipping, and I don't know if that'll help or not. But it's fine. Twelve oh five. Okay, uh, we're back. Um. So what I thought we'd talk about today, because last week was week one of the season, and we're kind of going into week two. Um. There's always I always noticed that in the first two weeks of the year. There are one or two games that, by the time you get to the end of the season, are real outliers. So it's like a team that everybody assumed in the offseason would be really good, loses huge to a team everybody assumed would be really bad, and it kind of like shifts our perspective on how we think of the team for like the next five or six weeks, where in reality that good team just had, was on an off night or the bad team just got really lucky. And uh, mm-hmm. it just goes to say that the first two weeks of the season are kind of fluky. Teams aren't really themselves yet. You have players that were injured in the preseason that haven't come back. Coaches don't necessarily have all the tools they need or haven't been able to implement it. And people are just rusty. So um, I was thinking about going through uh, the games last week to kind of point out one or two games that we think by the end of the season that the scores just aren't going to make any sense. Um, Just as an example, I know last season, uh, week one – uh, the last game of the week was that Monday night game that the 49ers beat the Vikings 20-3. to And the 49ers mm-hmm. went on to win three more games, and the Vikings wound up winning their division. So that's just like a weird game that everybody's like, oh, look, the 49ers look really great, and the Vikings, man, they're a real train wreck. And the Vikings wound up being a great team, and the 49ers fired their coach and started playing Gabbard halfway through the season and dropped half of their players, and half their players retired, and 
all that stuff. So you have things like that that happened last week, week one. Also, the Rams beat the Seahawks 34-31. to And everybody thought the Seahawks were faltering. And, oh no, like, what's wrong with the Seahawks? They're not going to be that good. Their offense isn't nearly as good as they thought. Their defense, the Rams, carved them up. And I don't think the Rams scored more than, like, 15 run, er, uh, runs, 15 points the rest of the year. And the Seahawks, again, went on Baseball to make mode. the playoffs. So every year there's a handful of games like that, week one and week two, that just don't really make sense in the grand scheme of things. But at the time, everybody overreacts to them because, hey, it's the only thing we've seen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Right, right. Yeah, so. um, for that Seahawks one last year, you're talking about, like, I'm thinking, like, the year really they were, like, underperforming. The Seahawks have done that, I think, the last two years, haven't they? Where they kind of start the season, maybe... My memory's like not the, that good for two years ago. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm thinking... They were, like, remember the Chargers did that a few... Like, five years ago, too, that the Chargers would always start the season, like, three and four, and then they'd win ten game, their mm-hmm. last, like, eight games and make the playoffs every year. And the Seahawks, I feel like the last two years have been like that, too, where they start the season one and three... And they have a tough schedule, and they or they're like at one point they're like three and five, and then they win seven of their last eight games because they're either all at home or Russell Wilson gets turned on or their defense kind of clicks. And I think a lot of that with the Seahawks mm-hmm. in particular has to do with their defense. Every year loses a handful of players because they're so good, and it takes a while for Pete Carroll and their defensive mm-hmm. coordinator and kind of the defense just to figure out how to work their new pieces in. So. I think that's kind of why, but... So you think it's a personnel thing, just trying to get, yeah, take, get everyone in sync? Yeah, it takes a little bit of time for that team to possibly click, or a little more than usual, because they do usually lose a handful of players. Um, that's but, true. But uh, just looking at this week or week one schedule, were there any games that you thought stood out and kind of fit this mold? Like, a game that, in if you look back in eight weeks, you're going to say, like, oh, wow, we really overreacted to that result, or... That team beat up on this team, but, you know, the team wasn't really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the first one I'm looking at, I don't know if this really counts as what you're talking about, but I'm looking at this Niners game. They beat the Rams 28 to nothing, And not that the Rams are like, such a great team or anything like that, but I really don't think the Niners are any good at all. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. So I feel like that one's an outlier. I agree with you with that one because... I think everybody's overreacting, saying, like, oh, my God, the Rams look like the worst team of all time. And the, the 49ers and, beat them 28 nothing. But the 49ers are also a terrible team. And when you consider that the Rams, it was week one, so weird things happened. The Rams are also starting a really bad quarterback, but they do have a rookie quarterback. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if in three weeks the Rams started Jared Goff, and he was, like, three times better than Case Keenum was. And, like, the offense goes from completely incompetent to competent. And by the end of the season, maybe the Rams have five or six wins where the 49ers maybe also have, you know, they end the season with three or four wins. Mm-hmm. Well, I drafted golf in uh, in our keeper league, so I'm really hoping that happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the Rams this year, actually, or it, for the coming years, honestly. I think they're young, and I think they're on the upswing. I think I'm along with everyone else, though. Do you think they're on the upswing as in you'll see some sort of progression this season or in another year or so they could finally start kind of coming up? Because they still don't have a secondary because they lost uh, Jenkins Mm -hmm. last year. They still don't have that many wide receivers. 
Uh, right. So they there are pieces well, to me, that they need. To me, I'm thinking they just moved. They're now in Los Angeles. I figure they want, you know, to get off on the right foot, and they want to have, like, I think it would be really cool if they could have, like, a franchise guy right out the gate coming into the new city, you know, new city. So I think, I think they have to make their moves now, in other words, try to win sooner rather than later because they did just move. All right. Um, do you think that they're going to fire Jeff Fisher, or do you think they're going to give him the extension? Because me and Andre's favorite bet every year to start the season is first coach fired. And we both think Jeff Fisher is the number one candidate to be the first coach fired, especially now after that uh, that giant loss on Monday night. First impressions of the new team. Uh, first impressions on Monday night football in you know prime time. All the focus is on you, and you get blown out by a team that's supposed to be terrible. Uh so, do you think they're going to keep Jeff Fisher? Do you think he's got a chance? Um, I mean, obviously, I, I, yeah, I guess that's too obvious to say. It, it depends on the, the coming weeks. Yeah, obviously, if the Rams are great for the next couple of weeks, yeah, they're not going to fire him. But um, I do think the Rams will improve. So I'm going to say that he, he doesn't get fired this season. But I think he has a really short leash. Yeah, I, I, I could see that, and, like, they wouldn't be saying that they're considering giving him an extension if that wasn't real. Like, if you say that, that's just awful. Um, another game mm-hmm. that I think a definite outlier, I think that, that Broncos game opening day, mm-hmm. people are going to overreact to the Panthers. The Panthers lost, so what's wrong with them? The Broncos won, even with Trevor Simeon, their defense is so good. And in reality, it was a one-point game. Uh, it was Thursday night, so it, it's the first game. You have high tensions. And I just think in four weeks, there's a chance that Trevor Simeon is so bad that the Broncos haven't won any other games just because their offense can't move. And the Panthers were going up against a really good defense. Um, and I think Cam Newton's just going to get better through the season. Mm-hmm. So I think that Broncos game in – far in the future could look like a game that doesn't really make any sense at all. I think the Broncos are a really great team, aside from their quarterback situation. Obviously, we don't know much about Trevor Simeon, but they really only need him to be a game manager, and they could, I think, pretty easily make the playoffs. I mean, they have playmakers on offense. They have playmakers on defense. I don't think it's that surprising that they can't, that they are capable of beating a team like the Panthers. But... I also think inconsistent quarterback play is going to stop them from getting anywhere in the playoffs. Their defense can carry them, but you know, you've got to score even if you're holding the other team to 12 points a game, you got to score 12. Kubiak's run game or his ability to create a good running attack is one of the best in the NFL and I mean, we we saw what he did with the Ravens, Justin Forsett looked awesome that year that he was there. Uh, I wouldn't be Foster. surprised if, if C.J. Anderson, yeah, Arian Foster, obviously. And even before Arian Foster, what was it, Steve Slayton mm-hmm. was, had a really great year, and he was, I mean, he was nothing. I'm pretty sure Kubiak was, was there at that time. Yeah, he was. Kubiak had uh, that whole franchise for those first 10 or 11 years. So. Yeah. And those were, so, uh, those were running backs drafted extremely late in the draft, 
didn't mm-hmm. cost much. And it was just kind of the way he used his offensive line. And I mean, they didn't even have good like quarterback play really going with it. They, the only wide receiver they ever had in Houston was Andre Johnson. So to be able to generate that run game like that is extremely impressive. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have faith in what's it called in CJ Anderson. Actually, I mean, it was against the Panthers this last week also. That's a really good run defense, and he's got a good coaching behind him. He's got playmakers on the outside that could take the load off when it's needed. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had a good year. I don't think he's, like, necessarily as talented as his numbers might show at the end of the year. But Were there any teams that you were, you know, pleasantly surprised with or really disappointed in in week one for a couple minutes i was happy with the jets and then they ended up losing uh <laughs> that was surprisingly predictable yep yep todd bowles really ruined that game for us not going for it on fourth down within six yards two times in the fourth quarter kicking those field goals instead like guess what we lost by one point the six points really helped us mm-hmm. so if he would if he would have went for it Went for the touchdown both times. Chances You're going to get it once. We get one. <laughs> and if we don't, then we lose by six instead of one, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that, that kind of frustrated me. And especially because after the first quarter, the Jets are just dominated the Bengals, and then they kind of let them back into the game. But the Jets' off defensive line is unbelievable. Oh, my God. Incredible. The sack exchange is back. So, somehow... I didn't think that we'd be able to draft or a defensive lineman better than Muhammad Wilkerson. And then we got Sheldon Richardson. I didn't think there was any way we can get an offensive or God, why do I keep saying offensive? A defensive lineman better than Sheldon Richardson. And then we got Leonard Williams. And I think Leonard Williams might be the best of the three of them. Honestly, yeah, watching him. At first when I when he got drafted by us, I thought he was kind of slow. And I didn't really see him as a as much of a pass rusher, honestly, in the NFL, but he's looked really good. Yeah. I really like him now. Uh, and then I thought, man, that Ravens-Bills game is so terrible. I don't know if you watched <laughs> any of that, but I'm just scro- scrolling through. The no, game. I didn't actually. Low scoring, though. I'm scrolling through the, the scores here. Ravens-Bills, Ravens win 13-7. to The Ravens offense didn't look like they were at all where they should be with Joe Flacco back, so maybe he has to get some of the rust off. Uh, he did have a really long completion for a touchdown to Mike Wallace. Uh, Mike Wallace mm-hmm. looking like he did back in the Steelers' days, now having a quarterback that could actually throw deep. So you might get that a handful of times during the season, but their offense, especially the run game, just didn't look existent. And uh, you might be able to say that the, it's because they were playing the Bills, who were supposed to have a good defense, but the Bills' defense was terrible last year, and uh, the Bills scored mm-hmm. seven points in the game. And for an offense that was a, t- a top 10 offense last season, that's really, really depressing. They were top 10 offense last year? Yeah. Uh, according to DVOA, they were right in the top 10. Wow. Which is what's crazy, because I think they were top 10 offense under Rex Ryan, and they were a bottom 10 defense. They may have even been a bottom 5 defense. I don't know. I, I think it was just a bad game for them, honestly. they did, I mean, they scored 7. That doesn't really happen. That'll happen, what, once a season for a team? That they score only seven? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's probably just something, I don't know, something wasn't clicking. But they were they scored seven against a defense in the Ravens that really isn't that talented. Like, obviously, historically, they've been good. 
but yeah. it's not like they're like the Ravens are filled with playmakers. Mm-hmm. A smart defense for sure, but def- not necessarily the most talented group. I, I just think that one's an outlier for the Bills. Not that they're like some great offensive team or anything, but do you think the Eagles are as good as they looked against the Browns, or do you think it's just that it was against the Browns? I was actually about to mention that game. I'm happy you brought it up because I mean, I'm a big Browns fan now that uh, now that they're starting prior at receiver. I mean, RG three's what what happened to him now? What was it this time? I think it's a leg thing again, isn't it? I, I could only assume. I don't remember what I read. I, I read it at some point, and I saw that he's done. So who are they? Who are they going with now? It's Josh McCown, obviously. Do you trust Josh McCown well, to be able to get the ball to Terrell Pryor? Well, let's be honest. I trust anyone to get the ball to Terrell Pryor. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, I was hoping. I, I was thinking the Browns would be actually pretty solid this year and obviously i was thinking the eagles would not be so this game did surprise me but also the eagles didn't really do that much on offense did they uh carson wentz looked really good Uh, he did actually if you watch 78 two touchdowns yeah i don't know if you watched the game yeah i missed this game sadly me and andre went to the bar to watch it and he actually didn't look like he made that many mistakes he looked pretty accurate he looked smart. He took his time. He didn't rush anything. So he looked really poised and really confident. Uh, mm-hmm. And he seems to have a very good connection with uh, Jordan Matthews. They He was looking at his way a lot, and it seemed to pay off. Mm-hmm. Joe Hayden was non-existent in this game also. Was he? Yeah, I'm not sure what I guess he had to be if Matthews had that good of a game, right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what exactly happened there. But who did you have as your playoff teams this year? Who did you kind of predict would be, make the playoffs? Oh, I never actually ended up doing one of those. I, I probably should have. I could probably think of it right now. I mean, obviously, the Patriots atop their division. I put the, the Steelers atop theirs. Um, I guess I have to go with the Colts. I don't want to go with the Colts. Well, let's talk about that. Why would you go... Why would you go with the Colts over Houston, who who won the division last year and uh, seems to be a little more talented? And they won the division last year with a defense that kind of underperformed and this hodgepodge of quarterbacks. Uh, so why why would you go with the Colts over them or over, like, Jacksonville, who everybody seems to think is trendy and trending in the right direction? and Or even Tennessee, who, you know, there's a slight chance that Marcus Mariota takes this giant step forward and uh, kind of leads the team. What I think about the Colts, I think that Andrew Luck has to be like Andrew Luck this year. Like what was expected of him coming out of the draft and replacing Peyton Manning and being their franchise guy. Mm -hmm. So I think if this year he isn't able to carry the team, isn't, yeah, if he isn't able to carry the team to the playoffs, then I think, in my eyes anyway, it's like it's almost over with him. And I don't want to say it's over with him because I know everyone thinks he's really great. And I honestly, I haven't been a big supporter of his, but I just I can't believe that that many people could be wrong about him being the second a guy player. who's going to end up getting the, getting them to the to Super Bowls, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that Colts game week one, I mean, a lot of the games this week were very interesting. In the Colts game, the Lions wound up winning that one 39-35. And when you see all of the injuries the Colts had on defense, I mean, they were missing three or four of their best defenders. They were also missing some players on offense. And you take that all in, and you know it makes sense why Matthew Stafford was able to kind of throw... Uh, you know, throw at mm. will. And when you consider, like, that there was no resistance there and they still only won by four points. And the Colts were only in that game, I think, because Andrew Luck was just a, on fire the whole second half yeah. of the game. So I think Andrew Luck looked really good. But if you just – the Colts' defense will be better than that because they, they mm-hmm. will get Vernon, um, Vontae Davis back and a, and a couple of their other pieces. But – if Andrew Luck's going to have a game like that and they're still going to lose, that's a really bad sign for their season. Mm-hmm. Especially okay. against a team like the Lions that I personally don't think is very good. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, they're not a good team. And, yeah, losing to the Lions is never something that you want to do. Uh, <laughs> I just look at that division and I don't think the Jaguars are there yet. I think they'll be good. I don't think they're there yet. I don't think the Titans are there. I don't think the Titans are good at all, actually. Let me rephrase that. I don't either. Uh, good, good. <laughs> um, and I, I trust. And then the, the Texans. I, I trust Jacksonville. I trust Jacksonville a little bit, but I feel like you're asking too much for them to go from where they were to eight or nine wins. Uh, and they made some good signings in the offseason. And their defense should be better. And Blake Bortles will have another year under his belt, and he he could get better. But there's also a chance that he stays the same or they get a handful of injuries or something happens. And I just I, – I wouldn't want to put uh, my faith in them miraculously winning three or four more games than they have for the first time in, you know, ten years. Honestly, I think between the Texans and the Colts, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to see some shootouts this year. They got – the Texans actually have – Fuller looked good. Obviously, they have Hopkins, who's great. And then the Colts are just... It's Andrew Luck throwing to whoever he wants, basically. So, I'm hoping to see some shootouts out of those two teams. But I think, in the end, it has to be the team with the better quarterback that wins that kind of a game. If you're kind of even with the two, it's wise to pick the team with the better quarterback. And there's no doubt that Andrew Luck is better than Brock Osweiler. And uh, uh, classifier, there's no doubt also that the Texans' defense is much better than the Colts' defense. Let's right. put that out there. <laughs> but we've seen great defense, or great, yeah, great defenses get kind of torn up by really great quarterbacks in the past, and we've seen bad defenses be able to stop not so great quarterbacks. So, mm-hmm. but I do, I, 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 I picked the the Texans to win the division. Um, I had the Colts tied, I think, with Jacksonville, mm-hmm. or really, really close. I think it'll be a pretty tight division with the, those top three, not because I think all three of them are good, just because I think not one of them really is good enough to stand out and kind of come out on top. Uh, what do you have for the West? Yeah, I agree with that assessment. The West, I mean, I'm just going to take the Broncos. Their defense is really good, and, I, I mean, you know, I love Demarius. Uh Sanders is great. I think they have all the weapons on offense, and they have a great defense, basically. 
specifically, and I don't see the Chiefs beating that since, to me, Alex Smith is not like some humongous upgrade from really anyone. <laughs> Alex Smith is really good in, against San Diego on Sunday, but the keyword there might be against San Diego. <laughs> yeah, I've never been a big Alex Smith fan. I, I I guess I just don't like his game. I know he's efficient, but I like Alex I don't Smith. like him just dumping balls to uh, running backs and tight ends all game on short yardage. I like Alex Smith a lot. Um, I picked the Chiefs to win the division. I had them come out on top over the Raiders. Uh, I know the Raiders, everybody's on the Raiders bandwagon, but I, I do think they're really good. I think they have a very strong offense, and I think they played the Saints this weekend, and they, their defense looked bad, but the Saints also have a great offense. Um, Absolutely. So if the one knock at the end of the year is that the Raiders gave a bunch of, of uh, a bunch of yardage and a bunch of touchdowns to the Saints week one, I think that's pretty excusable because I think by the end of the year we're going to see that the Saints are again a top five offense, and I think the Raiders mm-hmm. have a chance to be a top ten offense with maybe a top ten or fifteen defense also. Yeah, I think the fact that they were able to beat the Saints in a shootout kind of game is a big endorsement of how good their offense actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially because now I their defense—I I mean, they have Mac, obviously, but mm-hmm. and they they signed uh, Smith from mm-hmm. the Chiefs, who should be a big improvement to their secondary. Their secondary wasn't that good. They added uh, Reggie Nelson also to the secondary, so those two additions should uh, stabilize it. Um, Alden Smith comes back in the second half of the season from his suspension. He was good last year when he played. And Love him, him and Mac together are just a terrifying thought, uh, especially if they're both yeah. healthy and they both kind of come back at full strength. Um, and I think on offense, they looked good. Uh, I think we get a really good sophomore season from um, Amari Cooper. Car. Oh, Cooper. Well, both, but mm-hmm. Cooper, I think, will kind of show up. I mean, last year he had a good season, but he didn't get that many touchdowns. I think Cooper will be a bigger threat in the red zone, and I think by the middle of the season, they're, because I think they have the best offensive line in the league behind Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the pieces okay. they brought in and kind of what they had there before and the depth at the offensive line, I think... If Latavius Murray in these first few weeks doesn't prove himself, uh, they have some guys behind him that are much more dynamic, much more explosive. And if <laughs> are you a uh, DeAndre Washington fan? I am. He's really is good. That, is that what it is? <laughs> him and okay. Who was that guy Rogers that had that seventy-yard touchdown this week? Oh my God! I saw that. I, oh, let me see. Jalen Richard. Jalen Richard. That guy was great. He had like three carries, but like God, <laughs> that guy looks so much better than. Uh, Murray already. So if if Murray kind of falters these first couple weeks and Washington and Richards get a chance, um, I think they could add another element that the offense doesn't really have right now. Because right now their running game is fine, but it's nothing that would scare other teams. And with that offensive line, that shouldn't be the case. With that offensive line, they should be able to bully people. And if they get if they are a high scoring team and their passing game is good, and they get ahead to big leads, that offensive line with a competent running game behind them should be able to kind of 
maintain those leads Mm -hmm. later on in the season. So that's why I like the Raiders. I think they made all of the right moves in free agency to take that next step. Uh, Like Mm -hmm. the Jags, I know that's been a while. It's been, I think, since 2002, since they won more than seven games. But it just seems like a franchise that's been down for a while, that's made the right moves the last three seasons. I like Jack Del Rio. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I liked him in Jacksonville. Uh, he, he's kind of fun to make fun of, but I think he's a good coach. Uh, he gets a lot out of his teams and I, I just loved that he went for it, the two point conversion at the end of that game. He went for the win. And I think something, a little thing like that could just be a huge confident boost for your offense, for your team. It shows the coach shows that, Hey, we want to win. We're in it this year. The season's for us. We don't care. We're not going to be conservative. We're going to go at it and, it kind of shows he has faith in his offense. So I think that was really cool. Um, yeah, I loved that aggressiveness. And frankly, I think – do you th- how much uh, of that do you think we're going to actually see this year? The two-point conversions? Do you I, think they're going to just start coming every other touchdown? People are going to start going for them? I would love to see something like that. <laughs> I'd love to see that, especially now that people miss those extra points because they're longer. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see the two-point conversions more. But I think when push comes to shove, when it's the end of the – I think we can see more of them throughout the game. But when it's the end of the game like that, like what Jack Del Rio did, I don't. Mm-hmm. I think teams are going to shy away from it. I think most coaches would be conservative, go for the one point, go for the tie, and just hope to win in overtime. So I agree. You can get more two-point conversions throughout the game because coaches are going to be a little more risky in that regard. But – at the end of the game, something like that. I think that was a pretty unique situation. And I hope it is, and I hope people try that again. But Yeah, the fallout for the coach after you go for two at the end of a game and miss it to try to take a win and instead end up losing when you could have tied the game is uh, something that they don't want to deal with. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if, he, if they would have went, uh, went for it and missed that two... Yeah, the media would have been crushing Del Rio. You could have went for the tie. But if you see the Saints in 40 seconds got the ball into field goal range. So, oh, absolutely, I agree. If you let Drew Brees touch the ball, he's going to beat you. Right. With any amount of time, Del Rio has to assume that, hey, just because it's tied and there's a minute left, that doesn't mean we can stop Drew Brees. And it got really close to even going for the two that they could have lost. If they would have had five or ten more yards, the Saints, or the kick would have been a little different, or, you know, just one more play, they would have had two more seconds left on the clock, the Saints could have kicked a field goal and won. So mm-hmm. I think it was the right decision uh, because just because just if you miss if you miss it or you go for, you, you get the one point and you tie it, there's no sure thing that Drew Brees doesn't score there, so... Mm-hmm. But uh, that was my favorite my favorite call of the the whole week, and I think it was a lot of people's. Yeah, that was great. Um, anything, I loved hearing about that. <laughs> is there anything you want to talk about for this coming week's schedule? I haven't actually looked at it yet. Big game is, I think, the Cowboys game uh, at the Redskins. The Cowboys had a pretty a pretty okay showing against the Giants, but ultimately lost on kind of a weird play at the end. Um, mm-hmm. And the Redskins got crushed by the Steelers. I think the Redskins, uh, after being embarrassed like that, got to go in and beat up on the Cowboys. The Redskins were at home. 
their defense is going to be fired up after being kind of made fun of last week. And the Cowboys, I don't, I just don't think they're very good. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I think this is the week. I mean, I'm hoping Elliott goes off this week. The Redskins, that defense has never been anything, uh, anything spectacular, I don't think. I think this is the week that they could start running and showing that they're showing their dominance that they have. I mean, that offensive line is crazy. I think that's what's going to happen this week. I don't see the Redskins. I don't see the Redskins winning this game, but I also don't think the Cowboys are that good of a team. You're just down on that whole division. I am down on that whole division. I think they're all garbage, frankly. Well, another exciting game. It'll be fun to watch. It might not be against two good teams, but Saints at Giants could be another 50 to 48 game. That I would love back that. Yeah, forth. did they have one of those, what, a year or two yeah, ago? Yeah, I think two years ago they both threw for like over 500 yards or something in a game against each other. So Yeah, they had some crazy shootout. I mean, that, that's going to be a game with absolutely no defense. The Saints are going to torch the Giants <laughs> and Eli, you know, I could see Victor Cruz having a game, a big game and kind of having a nice comeback. Beckham mm-hmm. should have, you know, 300 yards, 400 yards. I could see it. Saints. So that'll be a really exciting game this weekend. Um, Seahawks-Rams at the Rams. That's going to be the first game in their new state. Well, not their new stadium, but in their new location. Uh, Seahawks coming off a bad game week one. Rams coming off a very, very bad game week one. So the Rams always kind of upset the, Se- the Seahawks and figure out ways to win. So I don't think it'll be a fun game, but that's one to watch just on a, an, uh, an upset uh, standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, How did uh, they mess that up, by the way? Having the Rams' first home game be the second game of the season? After all their hype has died down because of how crappy they looked week one? Yeah, I don't know why they would have picked... Especially because San Francisco started the season week one last year at home on Monday Night Football. So, like, why would you have the exact same venue? Mm-hmm. It's a little bizarre. So, yeah. I didn't actually realize that either. Yeah, like they, they, they're, that 10 o'clock game on Monday Night Football week one was the same exact game, except it was Sam Fran with the Vikings. Um, I think the Broncos are going to crush the Colts this week. The Colts <laughs> defense still bad, so if there's one defense that the Broncos can run against and Simeon won't really have a problem maybe turning the ball over, it's going to be against the Colts. So... If uh, maybe Andrew Luck goes and pulls the Colts ahead, and it, they sc- the Colts score too much, but I just I have more faith in that Broncos defense than I do the Colts. Uh, I think that one's actually a fifty-fifty game, even though I think the Broncos are much better than the Colts. Just because if yeah, again, if Luck ends up scoring a lot, then you're going to have to put Simeon's going to have to be the one to, to take you back. And I mean, again, we don't know a lot about the guy, but I'm not going to trust him with that i don't i don't understand i don't think that as good as andrew luck is i don't think he can dominate the broncos defense like i don't i I don't see the colts scoring more than like 28 in this game and maybe that's enough to win because the broncos like maybe something just collapses but i think if if the broncos could hold them to 28 if you just remember those patriots games against the colts for two or three years in a row where they just would run the ball run the ball run the ball and they'd win by 30 Mm-hmm. Like I think the Broncos could do that. 
like lean on CJ Anderson, lean on the offensive line, take advantage of the Colts' bad defense, and kind of just control the game with the run attack. Uh, take the ball out of Simeon's hands. I think that's the way the Broncos should attack the game. And if oh, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm saying so. Th- what I'm saying is basically there's like to me there's like a 50 percent chance they just shut Andrew Luck and their offense down just because they're a great defense. And I think there's a 50 percent chance that they end up just scoring basically what they want to score because on that offense, I don't really see. I don't see what you who you target against the Colts, like Hilton Moncrief, not that they're not that any of them are like that stand out, but he spreads the ball out so much that I, I don't know. I could see them kind of scoring in a lot of different ways. So that's why I think that offense is actually pretty potent, pretty potent. Yeah. It's uh, a good word for it. And then there's two other games here that I'm pretty intrigued with. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not really that into the Jets Bills game tonight, other than the fact that we like the Jets. Yeah, me neither. Actually, I think it'll be a pretty. I think it could very well be a sloppy game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a division game, and if the Jets lose, it's going to be a. It's going to be hard for them to come out because they have a really tough uh, first six or seven weeks of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a big game for the Jets. If if they win, they have a. It's good, but I, I don't really see the Bills doing much. Uh, through the season, but the Bills win weird games like this, and the Jets have lost, I think, five straight So against the Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not that excited about the game. Uh, Bengals at Steelers is pretty intriguing because the Steelers looked so good last week against the Redskins. We can kind of see if the Steelers are legit, if their offense, it doesn't matter that they're missing Martavis Bryant or if they're missing Le'Veon Bell, just like that offense can carry itself, um, especially against a good defense like the Bengals. Um, and the Bengals came off against the exciting game against the Jets. They looked better in the second half. Uh, Andy Dalton it took him a little while to get going, but he did get going uh, a bit. And AJ Green's a monster, mm-hmm. so uh, there's a chance that that should be a really close game, a really tight game, and that's going to mean a lot at the end of the year when both these teams kind of are hovering around uh, 500, maybe trying to get nine or ten wins at the end of the season. This one game, the early division game, could really make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. I actually think the Steelers possibly take a hit in a couple weeks when they get uh when they get Bell back with how D'Angelo's been playing. Yeah, they over I, last I, season and last week just I wonder crushed what, them last. I wonder week. what they'd get if they were able to trade Le'Veon Bell. Like, what would a team be willing to give? Probably. Uh, I don't know if they'd uh, be able actually, to get that much because he's been really, suspended you know, and hurt. Mm-hmm. And running backs don't actually have it, as much market value as you'd think they would. But he's also, like, the best running back in football. You know, behind D'Angelo Williams, of course. Right. Of course. <laughs> so so that's an exciting game. And the last game that I care about uh, is the Bucks Sunday cards? night Bucks Huh? <laughs> Bucks cards? That's what I'm looking forward to. You know, that's that's interesting because the Cardinals are coming off of that surprising loss to the Patriots, and the Bucks looked good week one. Um, it could – I mean, if the Cards start the season 0-2, which is definitely a possibility if the Bucks start scoring and the Cards kind of look as uh, the same they did last week. Um, mm-hmm. So that that is a big game. I probably overlooked that. What are you looking well, forward to with that game? Yeah, basically I – 
really think it's a big game in terms of the outcome of the game. I expect the Cardinals to win. Um, but I do want to just see how Jameis plays against that defense. Yeah, if, if the that's, Bucks, that's what I'm interested in. I think if the Bucks come out on top of that game and they start the season 2-0, and then they're a real threat to be a wild card. Oh, immediately. They're if instantly... The Cardinals, yeah. Yeah, if you beat the Cardinals... Um, and you start the season 2-0, and especially after the Panthers lost week one, um, with how not so great the Saints and the Falcons are. Uh, the Bucks are instantly contenders, and I know that there were a lot of people that kind of picked them in the offseason, but it seems like every year people kind of expect the Bucks to make, take the step forward, and they never do. Um, mm-hmm. But if they do win that game and they go 2-0, and I think that's a really good sign for them this season. Uh, yeah. So... And the other game I was going to mention was the Sunday night game is uh, Packers at Vikings. Both teams are 1-0. The Packers looked okay against uh, Jacksonville. Uh, Nothing to worry about. Aaron Rodgers looked really good. The defense looked, like, adequate. Um, And the Vikings, their offense looked terrible, but their defense just (laughs) probably was the most impressive unit on the field uh, all of last week. Yeah, I didn't actually get to watch either of those games, which I'm sad about because I really wanted to watch the Vikings. I wanted to watch Stephon Diggs. Uh, Stephon Diggs was a monster. He yeah, he had a hundred yards. He had a hundred yards. Sean Hill couldn't give him the ball at all or throw the ball anywhere near him, and he just went up and got it. Uh, he fought defenders. He had a hundred yards with. When you consider he had over a hundred yards, and I think Sean Hill had like 140 total yards. <laughs> uh, that's pretty impressive. Like, Stefan Diggs kind of carried that offense on his back. Yeah, and AP, that game was garbage. Yeah. What, 20, 30 yards or something? 30 yards and I think, like, 20 carries. Which, Peterson, Insane. to be fair, he usually has one or two games like that every season. That There's, like, just a team that you come up against that their whole goal is we're going to stop Adrian Peterson. And with John Hill <laughs> as quarterback... And with it being the first game of the season, I think it's safe to say that the Titans just wanted to take him out. That's 100% what I would do if I was defensive coordinator. Of course. Um, so there's always there's like two or three games a season that Adrian Peterson just averages like two yards a carry. But then there's also like four games every year that he averages like eight. Yeah, and breaks three tackles every carry. and right. So I, I would, team up. if I was a Vikings fan, I wouldn't be worried that this is the beginning of the end of Adrian Peterson. Uh, I think that was just a defense that came in with the mindset that they can't throw the ball, so we're going to just stack the box and have everybody just you know go after Adrian Peterson. And it worked to limit their offense. It's just that the Vikings defense was that much better, uh, mm-hmm. and they took advantage of turnovers. And that was kind of the game. So I'm interested to see the Vikings defense go up against the Packers, the legitimate offense. Um, I'm interested to see the Vikings, if if Sam Bradford does get the start, to see if uh, – not that I think that they'll look better than they would with Bridgewater, but I definitely want to see what that offense looks like a little more conventional. Like Sean Hill is such a liability. So I didn't have, even consider that. Did they declare that they're starting Bradford this week? I think they are. He started. He practiced with the first team today, so I think all signs like are that, that Bradford's going to start. And if Bradford could be, you know, a competent quarterback, that's just a, that's a huge improvement from Sean Hill. 
And if we can get a semblance of what that offense might actually look like the rest of the year, uh, mixed with what how see if that defense could be as dominant as they looked week one against a good Packers offense, um, I think that will tell us a lot about that division. Because this is another one that if the Vikings start the season 2-0 and with a win in the division against the Packers, they could... Uh, th- that means that they actually have a shot at winning that division for a second time in a row. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, it doesn't look like, to me anyway, the Bears are going anywhere. Uh, I don't think the Lions are going anywhere, really. So I think that division's a two-team race. So I think those head-to-head matchups are humongous. Yeah, definitely. And uh, speaking of the Bears, they are uh, playing against the Eagles on Monday night. So... A very exciting game. I'm going to make sure not to miss that one. Yeah, I I was going to say I'm not going to be rushing home from work uh, on Monday. (laughs) I mean, I'll watch, but I won't be happy about it. Yeah. So um, that's kind of it for the games this week and for last week. I think it was an okay NFL show, right? I think so, too. I think we got through – I think we talked about a lot of teams. We talked about a lot of teams. We talked about a lot of games. Uh, do you want to I talk? Think we about... might have talked about every team. Oh, we didn't talk about the Dolphins. I don't no, want to talk about the didn't. Dolphins. So. Well, actually, <laughs> I, I will say one thing. I would not be surprised if the Dolphins beat the Patriots this week. I mean, to me, the, I always say that about every Patriots game, like in the division. They play the Bills. Be like, oh, I wouldn't be too surprised if the Bills beat the Patriots this week, and then they don't. But Well, the, uh, Dol- the Dolphins' defense looked pretty good last week against uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. The Patriots looked good last week, but that's Garoppolo's first game. Uh, there's a chance that with a little bit of game film against them, the Dolphins might be able to game plan against uh, Garoppolo a little more. And I think it'll be a close one. I don't think the Patriots... I, I think the Dolphins are bad. And I think the Patriots are very good again, but I don't think the Patriots will have like a giant win against the Dolphins. All right, so that's about it for uh, our first NFL show. Uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk, Brian. Uh, all everybody, thanks for Anytime. listening. Uh, this was our tenth episode, like I said at the beginning. So the first double digit—it's a big milestone. I have some ideas for things coming up. Um, me and Freeman are starting an album club, uh, where we're going to pick an album each week, kind of like a book club to read or, uh, so we're going to pick an album each week to listen to. Um, it's going to be an album that neither of us has ever heard, but, uh, either as critical acclaim or is from a band that we both like. Um, so we're going to pick an album and then the following week, we're going to try to talk about it for five, 10, 15 minutes and just kind of give our take on it. So, uh, this week, first album is Portishead's album Third. Uh, but it's got some songs that we both uh, knew beforehand, but we, neither of us had actually listened to the album before. So uh, we've been listening to it this week, and on our next episode, we're going to talk about it for five or ten minutes, and we'll uh, unveil what the next album for our album club will be. So if you're interested in listening and kind of taking part and you hadn't heard the album before, uh, go check it out. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. So go check out the album. Uh, Look out for our next episode. Hopefully it'll be up by the end of the weekend. Uh, Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy football. And uh, thank you all for listening to my first ten episodes. And hopefully it gets better from here. Uh, Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me.
Tu l'as 